Welcome to Deathmatch Europe, part three of four. This Chad and Cheese Deathmatch episode features Adam Gordon, CEO of Candidate ID. Deathmatch took place at TA Tech on May 9th in Lisbon, Portugal at 5 p.m. with a room full of TA Tech practitioners. The bar was open and Chad and Cheese Snark was a flowing. Enjoy the special edition Deathmatch from Europe after a quick word from our sponsor. Dude, we're always talking about cool new tech, but it's hard for hiring companies to change. I mean, adoption's a bitch. Yeah. New tech can get them to qualified candidates so much faster. I know, man, but recruiters already have their routine in place and nobody wants to jump into another platform, especially when it's expensive and also requires hours, maybe days of training. Exactly. But that's where Uncommon's new service comes into play. Uncommon pairs expert recruiters with in-house kick-ass technology. All right. Interesting. Interesting. It sounds like Uncommon understands the problem of change. That's why they hand-select veteran recruiters, train them on this kick-ass technology that has access to over 100 million active profiles. Yeah, yeah. But I bet they're expensive and I bet it requires some kind of annual commitment or contract, right? No, man. Uncommon is not an agency. They don't require a contract, any contingencies. All they do, they charge one flat fee per project, saving, I don't know, anywhere from 50 to 80% on each hire versus the average agency cut. Oh, snap. Companies could save big stacks of paper especially if they're rapidly scaling and need hires today. Yep. And all you have to do is reach out to Tag and the Uncommon crew at Uncommon.co. That's Uncommon.co. Change doesn't have to be a pain if you're using Uncommon. All right, Lisbon. Everybody have drinks. I mean, the bar is open. Hopefully, you're there. Hopefully, you're on your second one or third at this point. Um, who's ever seen the Chat and Cheese Deathmatch? Anyone? Anyone? All right, excellent. So this is Badass, right? not first, not first for some of you. What about Firing Squad? Anybody listen to Firing Squad? All right, all right. So what today, to the last Deathmatch winner. They were acquired. Big yeah, money. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big money and potential. Winnings. You have a mic. You have a mic right there. Oh, there's a mic. There's okay. a mic. Yeah. So today we have four, count them, four startups coming up to deathmatch. They're gonna have an opportunity to have a two-minute pitch, no demos, no robots. Okay. <laughs> they're gonna come up. They're going to pitch two minutes. Then with the balance of the 15 minutes that they have, we're going to belt the hell out of them with Q and A. Okay, he's the reason why we're wearing these silly things. They actually feel kind of good. We have Adam Gordon from Candidate ID. Bring it! All right, Adam. 
um, aside from being really disappointed you didn't pick the Bay City Rollers to come in to, uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Two minutes starting now. When the world's biggest pharmaceutical company told me that 70% of the people that they hired through LinkedIn were already on Taleo at the point that they re-engaged with them, unbeknown to the recruiter, I thought that sounded crazy. So I asked some other multinational employers if they had the same scenario, and they said yes. So I knew we needed to fix it. Fast forward three years, and our customers are hiring 50% more people per recruiter. I'm Adam Gordon, I'm co-founder and CEO at Candidate ID. Candidate ID allows employers and agencies to distribute content to its candidate database through email, text message, and social media. Crucially, it tracks every interaction with your content. When you open an email, when you open a text message, when you click a link on a social media message or other social media posts, when a candidate clicks a link through a landing page on a career site or a corporate website, it's tracking all of this activity and each touch point awards, uh, awards points based on a balanced scorecard. The benefits of doing this, number one, you reduce your time to shortlist by 50%. Number two, you know what each candidate's done, what their history has been, therefore recruiters know what to say to them when they pick up the phone. Number three, because candidate ID is learning what each person's behavior is and what, therefore what they like in terms of content, each person's getting a personalized experience. Number four, from a source of higher perspective, you've got very, very detailed tracking. Number five, from a GDPR perspective, you can show legitimate interest as the legal basis for processing because you know what each candidate's been doing and they have a relationship with you. There's 23 of us based in Glasgow and London. We work with some companies that I might tell you when I get some questions. Hi, Adam. I heard you say earlier um, about long-term nurturing. Um, what is the scalability of long-term nurturing? Um, as a business, uh, how do you measure the effectiveness? What if that, that lead does not turn into a conversion for me? So are you helping businesses um, focus on specific um, metrics or are you encouraging um, long-term nurturing with the hopes that this turns into a possible conversion? There's so a few different questions in there. Well, there's a yeah, few different answers to that question. I know, I know. So, um, the first thing is, yeah, absolutely. If somebody has been inactive for a period of time, they come out of the database and you stop nurturing them. So if they haven't done anything for 12 months, they are automatically uh, encrypted or deleted. And what that means is the automatic GDPR compliance. So the only people that should be within your talent pipelines on candidate ID are people who have been displaying some kind of interest even if it's only that they've been opening occasional emails to do with non-career uh, related things. Uh, so in terms of scalability, with automation, scalability is infinite. You can put a million people into your talent pipeline on Candidate ID, and Candidate ID knows what each person is gonna respond to based on that person's behavior, so completely scalable. Uh, how do you weigh the generational gaps or the difference between blue-collar work or specialized and professional skill, uh, candidates that are coming through your pipeline? So Candidate ID is um, absolutely most effective in what we would 
crudely called a white-collar area where candidates are not acting like consumers and they're not making decisions on lilt or diet uh, coke. They're making decisions on a much more considered purchase kind of basis. So um, those people that are really, really hard to move, you've got to do a lot of long-term kind of, or maybe medium and long-term nurturing with. That's the people who uh, candidate ideas most effective in terms of shifting. Um, the first aspect of the question was to do with waiting generational. Or is there a generational difference? No, there's no generational differences. But if I've got a, a talent pipeline for software engineers and there's people who are in their 20s and there's people who are in their 50s in here, it doesn't make any difference because it's all about the individual's behavior. It's highly personalized. If, I, if I'm responding to content about skills in a video format through email and you're responding to content about industry insights in an infographic format through text message, you and I get different behaviors. Our age doesn't make any difference. It's automated, so highly, highly scalable. You recently announced an infusion of uh, investment capital. What are you currently doing with that capital and what do you intend to do with that in the future to grow the company? Um, so we don't intend to do anything with that in the future to grow with the company because we're spending it all now. We spent it on accelerating our product roadmap. You get points deducted for snark, by the way. <laughs> no, points no, we, we have, we've, we've, we've spent it on accelerating our product roadmap, so we've created a uh, CRM, which will be available for free to anybody that wants free recruitment CRM as of July. Um, and the second thing that we spent it on is building a sales team. Up until now, we haven't had one in order to generate our Fortune 500 customers like I IQVIA and IBM and Thermo Fisher Scientific and companies like that. So you're spending money on a CRM and I I've heard you say in passing that CRMs are shite. So why, why, why? That's paraphrasing, why? I definitely <laughs> didn't say that. <laughs> why, why spend money you, on something like that? He has a witness. Yeah, why, why, have, why spend money on something like that? Uh, a CRM if you believe that it's actually not the answer and that you have other areas? Well, there's two, there's two reasons for that. The first is because it sh it, it, we're at, we're, by giving a free recruitment CRM away, we're actually proving what value we would give to a recruitment CRM, okay? Zero dollars, zero euros, zero pounds, zero yen. Um, and also, uh, because to be quite frank, you would not put candidate ID straight on top of a success factors or straight on top of a workday. There is a functionality gap there. Um, so recruiters would probably not live within candidate ID if we didn't have that functionality. Bill Berman told us we need to become a CRM three years ago. We told him to go that way and not come back. Um, so we've got a bit of a roundabout way of doing it, but it's free. Just so I understand, how, how do you differentiate yourself from a CRM, an ATS, um, what is that extra value, because I want to hear it out loud, that you feel that you bring to the market um, that can't be accomplished using an ATS or a CRM? So I believe that's a very, very easy question to answer. A CRM is a system of record which stores information and enables workflow. Candidate ID is a system of engagement which actively, on an automated basis, nurtures a talent pipeline and shows recruiters which people are cold, warm, and hire ready. You cannot do that in a CRM. What is your monetization model? Are you doing it per hire or per engagement? Candidate ID is available on a SaaS basis. It's monthly fees. We're one of the few businesses in our industry that are transparent about that. We have a light version, which is 1,500 pounds a month. 
There's a mid-tier version between 50, 000, a bit up to 50,000 candidates at 3,500 pounds a month, and then between 50,000 and 200,000 candidates, it's 5,500 pounds per month. Above 200,000 candidates, we go for whiskeys or a walk on the beach, and we agree what the price is together. I appreciate the uh, desire to nurture the candidates that are, you know, A, B level candidates. But inevitably, there are Ds and Fs. So how do you account for the candidates that companies don't want to keep in touch with? Um, really straightforward. The recruiter would uh, disable them from receiving ongoing communication or just simply delete them out of candidate ID. So there is a bit of manual work there. If uh, somebody is rejected and they're a silver medalist and they were brilliant, but they didn't quite get the job, they stay in candidate ID. If they turn up for the interview and they're drunk, they probably get removed from candidate ID. That's a bit of manual work. So why would you dis, dis like a drunk candidate? Why would they be, I'm kidding. Go ahead, Chad. <laughs> so does candidate ID have an active and passive methodology to be able to pull candidates in? So being able to blast jobs, maybe programmatically, to be able to pull candidates in, as well as uh, dipping into the applicant tracking system or prospectively the CRM that a company already has? Uh, most organizations would import their candidate database from the ATS in the first instance, and that would be the first you know, candidate database they have within Candidate ID. And then from there, um, anything they're sharing on social media or on their career site or anything like that, any high-value content might need unlocking through a form, so the candidate would fill in their name and email address um, in order to access that high-value content and to agree that they're happy to receive future communication from that organization. So quick question, just follow up. With, with all that information, are you providing that in a deep integration into the ATS or their system of records so that they don't have to jump from system to system to system? Interestingly, candidate ID for the bigger organizations, the FTSE 100, Fortune 500 type organizations, uh, they're not doing any kind of integration at all because candidate ID is getting run by a specialist sourcing team or a recruitment marketing team. For more of a mid-tier sized organization, they could do a light touch connection whereby each candidate's engagement score sits on their profile at the ATS, or it could be a full bi-directional sync where the information is going in each way in not real time, but 10 minute intervals. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you, as a, from a candidate point of view, I, I can clearly see the value in an organization. Um, if I am in your pipeline, what does candidate ID do to me? Uh, how are you tracking me? How are you communicating with me? How often are you communicating with me? And are you going to get to the point of being annoying? Candidate ID is entirely anonymous to you. You do not know it exists. It appears to come from uh, PepsiCo. Uh, that's the first thing. Second thing is, um, based on your behavior, that then determines what the cadence of communication is going to be to you. So if you're looking at content about skills, and that's it, then you might get something every 10 days. Whereas if you're deep into the career site, you might get something every three days until you get to the application phase. So um, highly personalized, and there are, there's a lot of advice that we've got a team of experts in our business who can provide a lot of advice to organizations around the tactics for this, because there's an, there's an elegant way of doing it, which really works, and there's a crass way of doing it, which is gonna really piss people off. So piggybacking off of that, um, you're collecting a lot of data on where the drop-off points are when candidates stop engaging. Do you consult your clients on maybe best practices on how they can improve their strategy if you start seeing issues, or that the candidates are not following that nurturing process? 
Yeah, absolutely. We have a customer success team, four people in that, in that team. They're, they're highly experienced in uh, talent nurture and can't, uh, customers can phone them up anytime or send them an email and say, this isn't really working very well. How can I make this better? And we'll advise on things as simple as the subject heading of your emails isn't good enough and needs to be more compelling. So yeah, absolutely, we, we'll provide, we've got a lot of expertise in our business. It's probably actually the number one right now, the number one USP we have is we're, we're, we're a center of excellence for talent pipeline uh, nurture. What's the greatest threat to your business and what's the highest hurdle? Greatest threat is Chinese uh, copycats. <laughs> Come on, that's a joke. Um, the greatest threat, quite honestly, is, um, uh, it, it, I don't know, it probably is bigger talent acquisition technologies looking at what we're doing and going, yeah, we can copy that quite easily. And they might be able to do that. What they'll find very difficult is the know-how within our business, because as I say, we've created a center of excellence for how you do this. Um, what's the highest hurdle? Um, I mean, the highest hurdle probably is international, internationalization for our business. So our customers are um, probably 40% USA businesses, 40% UK, 20% elsewhere. Almost all of that has gone in through London. We've done London, 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 nowhere else. So all of our American customers have been in London first and then in the USA. Um, internationalizing is gonna be a real challenge because the way they do these things in Germany is very, very different to the way they do things in, in here, in the UK. <laughs> Sorry, um, and you know the USA is just an absolutely huge market that there's a million different ways of getting it wrong. So there's far more snakes than there are ladders, and so we need to be very, very careful about how we approach that. Who's your biggest target when it comes to clients? Because obviously staffing is looking to be more efficient, um, but also Fortune 500 really sucks at this. Who's your Who's your biggest target right now from a priority standpoint? It's RPO businesses. And the reason for that is because we firmly believe they have the right teams, uh, the right knowledge, they're tech savvy, they're recruitment marketing savvy, they're sourcing savvy, and they've got lots of customers. Who, who are you currently partnered with on the RPO side? Uh, sure, IBM, uh, Capita, PeopleScout, a um, couple of others, but that's three pretty decent sized ones. Um, what markets are you currently available in? Uh, what are your plans to uh, replicate your product or your services in other languages and other markets? And um, do you have plans of, of globalizing your service? Um, we're available in every market that uses the version of the World Wide Web that probably everybody in this room uses. So we cannot access North Korea's intranet, and that's probably not... Um, a market for us, um, pretty much anywhere else, including Japan, we've just started, so um, it, it doesn't even matter if they use Roman, Rom, Roman numerals, if you use a, a different kind of uh, language format, uh, that's fine. Uh, the user interface is available, so, so nurturing candidates in any, any language is absolutely achievable uh, and, and straightforward. The user interface is only in English. However, by the end of the year, there will be other languages that it'll be available within. Um, and our plans are, are absolutely to, to be an international organization. Give it up for Adam Gordon, people. Hey. Thanks very much. Hi, I'm Emma. Thanks for listening to my dad, the Chad, and his buddy Cheese. This has been the Chad and Cheese podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Be sure to check out our sponsors because their money goes to my college fund. For more, visit chadcheese.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.